In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting. First up, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I tried the uh, French toast cookies from from Girl Scouts tonight. I, I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I tried them. I keep being told how great they are, and I tried them. Doesn't sound like a glowing review. Uh, they don't taste like real Girl Scouts, that's for sure. I'm going to leave Little up open. How Adam's family joke. Yeah. Are they made from real Girl Scouts? No. Also joining us from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? It goes good, good, sir. It goes good. Uh, terribly sorry about the delay. Uh, just got word that I failed my exam, so I'm not a happy camper. But, you know, it is what it is. You fail. You should podcast about it. You're a little failure. <laughs> a little You're failure. A little failure. Just but, ask, uh, them, ask them if DDP liked one of their posts. Yeah, that's, seriously, go. Like, hey, hey, you gave me an F on this exam, but DDP liked a post of mine on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You don't got that, so I am not a failure. I am a passer. <laughs> I mean, you had to cheat off DDP to get DDP to like your post, but still counts. Still yeah. counts. No complaints there. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, in case people are wondering, JLB does our Facebook, and he reposted DDP, and DDP liked it. Like, literally, like, that wasn't dirty. He liked it. Or, more specifically, whatever intern at DDP enterprises handles their Facebook like listen maybe DDP is doing a DDP yoga and he has his phone next to him and he saw it and while he was in his one of his DDP poses he's like you know what I'm gonna like it cause Ronald WBU definitely feels the bang yeah in the middle of downward facing dog he's just scrolling through he's very flexible like that you never know well, da- I mean, downward dog, it wouldn't be that hard to be flexible for it. Yeah. You just have to have the strength to, to pull one hand up and scroll. I mean, I guess you could do it with your nose. <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> uh, before we get into things, though, I'd like to remind everyone, Raw and Order is part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this podcast, and of course, liking and sharing and subscribing, you can head on over to tatnisco.com and check out the other podcasts on that network. Um, and then come back here and you yeah. know listen to more of our stuff. I was I, I had an intentional tangent set up tonight, and I feel like DDP is gonna just uh, make that a lot easier, so I don't even have to ask my tangent question. So <laughs> I'm sure we will go off on all sorts of tangents. Oh, we always do. Always I'm do. Sure, I'm sure there we will not be lacking for tangents. Um, if you are new to this particular episode of our show, the premise is very simple. We're going to challenge, take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We do not discuss them in advance, so all of our answers are made up on the spot because that's funnier that way. That's what we do. That's what it's we generally just more chaotic. Yeah, maybe not um, here. but. 
we'll go ahead and get into it with the first challenge. Um, before the show, uh, DA Fabe volunteered to go first. So, DA Fabe, what you got for us? Well, for our our wonderful fans, i.e. the jury that listened on um, to our most recent podcast prior to this, it was a WBU uh, covering Fastlane. Um, and during said Fastlane uh, review, we, we introduced a character as an actual origin story for a character we've seen a while back. And we said The Fiend is actually just the origin story for Kane. Hmm. Oh, I love that we're on video right now. I see the look on your face. Just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to do an origin story, aren't I? And the answer is yes. You're going to have to do an origin story. You're going to have to use a current wrestler based on their existing storylines as an origin story for a previous wrestler based on the storylines they actually had. And if you have multiple, that's fine. You know, I... um, so if you need me to, to ramble while you're trying to figure it out, I can ramble. I can talk about uh, Gomez, Gomez Adams and Herman Munster and who would win in a fight there. I mean, I, I can well, spend hours I, on that. I'm, I'm mostly just trying to decide if I want to just be lazy and say... Um, the Fiend uh, and Kane. <laughs> well, no, and say The Big oh. Show is just the origin story for the giant. Yeah, you can't be that lame-o potato, though. That's yeah, like something that's... I would do, and I wouldn't even do that. I Wait, The be... Big Show that was the origin like story for the for the Big Show's old character, the giant? No, for Andre the Giant. Oh. Well, fortunately, the Big Show is no longer the Big Show. He's Paul Wright. I I hate to be pedantic, but it's Paul White with R in it. Yeah, well... Um, but, okay. but my point is, his character as the Big Show... Not necessarily his announcer character now, but his character as the big show was just the origin story for him going back in time and being the most dominant big guy in professional wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's weak. I I want better. I want... I'm sure you do. I want something as obscure as The Fiend to Kane only because of fire control. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's what you... Yeah. I'm just not sure you're going to get that. I'm (laughs) thinking about something else. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and it has to be an origin story of a wrestler previously. Yes. An existing wrestler storyline is the origin story of a... It, it's a prequel. The existing wrestler is a prequel. Um, Evan Bourne's existing storyline is CM Punk's prequel. If you want to build it, that's fine. I don't think it works, but it's fine. Or okay. what? Matt Seidel's origin story is the prequel to Evan Bourne. I got it. Yes. <laughs> Again, that doesn't work because <laughs> he's actually the same guy. Hmm. Um. Excuse me while I turn so that everyone can do full logo. <laughs> hey, I I feel like hashtag still not sponsored. Um. But you're gonna go ahead and advertise for Motorola there on your shirt. Yeah. G. Uh, they said it for me for free. Oh. Hey, that's. Theoretically, I mean they're getting great promo. Their part, yeah. yeah. And and they paid us for it with you having clothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> well, we did threaten to do the first video one of these. <laughs> um, never mind. <laughs> in, in fairness, we're making all these jokes about video, but there's a chance that this video doesn't get posted at all because yeah. So so far of just the trying three to buy participants. Time for one of so far, as as the three participants, uh, only one of us has the camera on right now. So that's not exactly the most entertaining for all. 
Unless this people just want to look at my beautiful mug. Or your Motorola G. Whoa, that's getting a little personal. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I want to be creative. Um, so I was going to say... No, no, got nothing yet. I want to. I want it to be a good one, so I'll shut up so you can properly edit it afterwards. Ooh, I think I got it. I think I have it. Go for Fandango... It. Is the prequel to Disco Inferno? Oh my God! Okay, okay. Now give us how that they're connected. <laughs> he starts off as a ballroom dancer, um, and has some success as a tag team, but nothing like super huge. Um, and then eventually he discovers disco. <laughs> disco changes his life. <laughs> then he falls through a time pool and comes out in 1992. Um. But Disco's changed his life. So he goes back into wrestling to try to spread the word of Disco. <laughs> Fair enough. Nope, it's not a long challenge. It's just a tough challenge. Do you have a woman? Do I have a woman? <laughs> That's obvious yeah, assumption. <laughs> I know she's not a possession. I was actually referring to... Uh... Do I have a choice for a woman to do a yeah. second version as a, as a women's challenge? I do not at the moment, but I will start to think about one. Okay, that's fair. All right, so that's mean. All right, so I'm going to be lame because I don't know. I got nothing. I'm not creative. But Hangman Page is the prequel to Bradshaw. I like that one. Because Bradshaw was technically a cowboy first, so he still was playing that around... But Hangman Page was a full-on, full-on with the cowboy gear when he was younger. Realized, you know, I'm going to get in here and WWE and see what happens. No one liked him. And then he decided to make his own agency up because he's going to face his bullies now. For those that said that his cowboy gimmick was lame potatoes. And that's your whole story, folks. See, and once you said Hangman Page, I was like, I have I have the idea for Hangman Page. And okay. it's a totally different idea. Hangman Page is the prequel for Billy Gunn. <laughs> Both are good. Starts <laughs> off as a cowboy, does his career as a cowboy, and then goes back in time and is a cowboy for a while, but eventually becomes an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> That one has the added advantage of a little bit of paradox because eventually Hangman Billy Gunn becomes co-workers to his <laughs> prior self, Hangman Page. Ooh. So he's got to hide his knowledge of his past him. from himself. Ooh, I like it. But we've seen them in the ring together. Yeah, because one's the the older version, <laughs> the time displaced version. It's like yeah. oh, Captain America went back in time at the end of Endgame. Uh, spoiler alert for Endgame. Um, if you haven't seen Endgame, it's been like two and a half years. Wake up. Um, but he he goes back in time, and then he lives his entire life um, while he's still frozen in. I'm deeply enjoying watching Smarks make part of his torso disappear because he talks to the fans. <laughs> you just got a lot thinner. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> if only it was that easy now, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. I just lost 120 pounds. 
because it's not a long segment, I, the the male version of what I was going to give was Brian Cage is the prequel to Scott Steiner. It's big and bulky, but it's but it's Big Papa Pump because really he just goes back and he beats the crap out of the real Scott Steiner and comes back with a different hairdo and says, "Ha! If you hear me." And has a dispute with Ernest the Cat Miller that is his best feud of all time. <laughs> and does that horribly. Uh, that feud was fantastic. Because Ernest the Cat Miller said things like, Big Papa Dump! <laughs> yeah. I know, I can see Smarks being like, there's better feuds than that. That's I, fine. I, you no, can think that. I, I, I'm actually still thinking about your challenge because I'm trying to figure out if there's another one I can get to work. Oh, I mean, you could you could do Mickey James as the prequel to Alundra Blaze. See, the thing is, I'm I'm working backwards. I have the person that I want to be the sequel. I'm just trying to figure out who would be the prequel to them. You got nothing. Just a, a, a there's there's a lot of these gears are turning trying to figure out what what's gonna work best for the prequel. It's a good one to throw to the jury. Um, so I think Ricky Starks. Works. Okay. Ricky Starks. Although he's really skinny, uh, but Ricky Starks is the prequel to Buff the Stuffed Bagley. <laughs> well, Marcus Alexander Bagwell was really skinny, and then suddenly wasn't. But there's no steroids in pro wrestling. None at all, no. Not zero. Zero steroids in pro wrestling. Never has been. No. Oh, no. There 100% has been. That's documented in court. It just, it ended right then. Everything after then had zero steroid. So I, I think I enjoy this challenge enough that I want to give away a t-shirt of their choosing from the Raw and Order spreadshirt, uh, spreadshirt.com slash backslash Raw and Order WBU to our Lincoln fans. Bio. What's that? I said Lincoln bio. Lincoln the doobly-doos. Yep. Um, and so this T-shirt is going to be a of your choosing from Mark's Bread Shirt Store. Free of charge. We'll ship it and everything. Um, to the best Raw and Order WBU voted on by us three. So the best um, prequel. Give us something of a current wrestler and choose any time in history. If you want to do Moolah, you can do Moolah. If you want to do China, you can do China. If you want to do Cena, you can do Cena. If you want to do... You can't do Drew and Drew, obviously. Those are that. Well, I mean, you're just not going to win if you do something that lame. So um, you can't do Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley. Um, it has to be a reasonable storyline. And then justify it if you want a better chance of winning. So hashtag Raw and Order WBU will be the hashtag. And we'll watch it for how long? What do you guys think? Two weeks? Three weeks? Sure. Three weeks. Okay. Post it on Twitter. Hashtag Raw and Order WBU. Um, tell your friends, tag us in it. That makes it even easier. Hashtag Raw and Order WBU. And in three weeks, we will announce a winner. Yeah, sounds Some, good. I mean, somebody I mean, has to play. I mean, a, a good prequel. It will name drop you on the show, or at least your Twitter handle. So, so he, he, here is Bobby Lashley the prequel to Ahmed Johnson. I was gonna say that. That's pretty solid. Except for Bobby Lashley's better than Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, because he, he, he got mad at his old age. Yeah, he got mad at his old age. That's what I was going to say, too. I'm like, ah, <laughs> he got really, really angry. He went from soft-spoken to absolutely hating the world. Ugh. He was pretty pissed off last night. Did, was it just me, or did, did Raw get 
progressively worse as the night went on last night. Uh-huh. I, I must be honest. I spent a whole lot of time staring at my phone during Raw last night. <laughs> the, uh, I, I will give the first 20 minutes. It was a solid set. Like, that match was good. And it was tough to stay awake. And, and I dozed off several times. What and was then, What's that? What was their first match? Oh, it was... Um... Ashley and Sheamus. Oh, yeah, no, that was fun. Right off the bat, that was fire, dude. Yeah. And I, it's been a long time since we had a super face, a face who would come out and help the guy who beat the crap or who's disputing with him. So good job to Drew on that. So been a long time since we had that guy, and that's kind of fun. But Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, Raw, honestly, I totally agree. It's kind of lame, lames, lamesy. Uh, a lot of predictability. You know, obviously we knew that the Miz and uh, Bad Bunny were going to have a match at Mania. I didn't realize the most shocking thing was the fact that Bad Bunny was out of breath after he hit him with a chair. Like, really, like, I'm like, bro, did you just randomly, like, go on the treadmill for 30 minutes? And what's going on here? Like, you just hit the guy with the chair and then went up the ramp and you couldn't breathe. It's a steep ramp. Mm-hmm. Those are big steps. Oh, big steps. He's okay. a little guy. Little guy, big steps. All right. Bad Bunny that. is the prequel to John Cena. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he rapped. Oh, well, he still raps technically, but he does his. Uh... Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. <laughs> Got really muscular and white for some reason. The, the Miz is the prequel to John Cena. Ugh. And then he beats himself late earlier in his life. Mm-hmm. He beats old him. Yeah, that's that's where it gets to be tricks. John Hennigan is the prequel to Kofi. Think about Royal Rumbles. Don't don't look at race here. Just think about Royal Rumbles. No, still nothing. <laughs> okay. Although I I could say John Hennigan is the prequel to Chris Canyon. The long hair, stringy hair, innovative hair, offense. Innovative offense. And as you know, he got as he got older, he couldn't do that type of innovative offense, so it got different in the innovative offense. Yeah. I'll give it to you. And who better than Canyon? Nobody better than Canyon. Or Wrath was the prequel to Drew. Who was? Wrath. I think his name was Wrath, if I'm not mistaken. Or and Drew was the prequel to Wrath. That works. Because uh, it's Drew, the current wrestler is the prequel. Fair enough. So Drew is the prequel to to Wrath. Which I like Wrath. Yeah, I Brian Adams. Yeah. Good old yeah. Brian Adams. Adam Bomb. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him. He just I don't know. It was just weird. He never really got anywhere. Look at all the fun stuff you guys can do, fans. To to the jury out there, look at all the fun stuff you can do. Again, Mar- hashtag Mar- Raw and Order WBU. Win yourself a t-shirt. Marty Skrull is the prequel to Marty Jannetty. I'm thinking more about creepy. Literally, the connection of... just being Marty. Well, no, I'm thinking more about creepy outside of wrestling things. <laughs> Sami Zayn is the prequel to El Generico. Yeah, you shut your mouth. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> they existed at the same time. Sami Zayn just stole a bunch of moves from El Generico and never credited him. Thank you very much. I know. So bad. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin is the prequel to Titus O'Neil, except for Shelton's career started before Titus's and is continuing well after. 
And there's about, I don't know, eight inches of height difference there, yeah. too. Yeah, we'll kind of overlook that. <laughs> Was that the fun there? Overlook it? Huh? <laughs> 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 Calm down, Peter Griffin. <laughs> no, Kevin Bacon wasn't uh, in Footloose. <laughs> All right, so I got one, and I just like to keep things current from all the news that we are hearing so we are going with okay we know that uh now his name escapes me for some reason uh we know that andrade has officially been released from the wwe so i would like you guys to book his first feud in whatever federation you want him to go to it's tough because i'm torn like, I want him in AEW because I think he's awesome and I think given the shot, uh, I would like to see him on my TV there. However, I don't necessarily think if AEW is actually the best place for him to go. There is part of me that thinks he'd be better off heading back down to AAA and uh, that becomes tough because I don't know enough of the AAA wrestlers to really book them. Well, for him, that's definitely the case that it would be best because he can go record three weeks or four weeks and then take several weeks off. Like, he can go down there for two weeks and that uh, equates to two months worth of television time. But on top of it, I mean, that's where he made his name. He established his whole career down there as La Sombra. Uh, you know, he, he'd go down there and he'd come in as a returning hero. Uh, even though I think he was a villain, but that's beside the point. They call it down there, Arudo. Um, I just don't know. Well, while you decide between those two, I'll take the third option. And I'll say he's going to Impact. I think he is a... I think he's a viable option to be a triple champion, much like Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe both were. Um, I think he can be both the X Division and the world champion and you can throw him in a feud with a tag partner to put the both tag titles on him and it would be the third person to have won held all three impact titles at the same time or at the, that time it was tna titles at the same time so i i would actually send him to impact to do what's only been done twice but who is your feud well i think the first feud obviously has to be rich swan after well, I guess Kenny Omega after Kenny Omega beats Rich Swan for their title. Well, keep in mind there's no 90-day clause, so technically Andrade can just come in anytime he wants and beat Rich Swan. And then we have Andrade versus Kenny Omega. I don't know. I mean, they're both. That might be. A decent I think. Match. I think you have him. I think you have him get the X division title first. I think what he does is wins the X division title, cashes in his title shot at the end of the year. Um, on Bound for Glory, because you can, you can cash in your X Division. Is that right? Is it Bound for Glory, Sparks? Uh, I think so. I think it's... Bound for Glory for his well, title shot. The the thing is, the reason you kind of have to go that way is in the hierarchy and impact. It's really tough to justify. Hey, I'm I was the world title, and now I'm going after the X yeah. Division. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and because the feud already exists from the X Division, he can be like, well, I didn't lose that. I just used that, you know, which is, you know, maybe rhymes a little bit better with a, with a Latino accent. I didn't lose it. I just used it. I don't know. <laughs> Fair. So uh, who is the current X Division champion? That's who I would have a feud against. 
Is it still TJP? Yep, it is. You're right. Yeah, I believe so. So there you go. Andrade versus TJP. That would be fun. Oh my God, that would be so much fun. Yeah, that would be. Down for glory is until the end of the year, so you could have them work that out probably all the way through the summer, um, ending in an Ultimate X and head towards Bound for Glory. <coughs> yeah, that would be a good time. That would be an excellent match. Now, did you decide yet, Smurks? I think I did, and it's going to throw everyone for a loop. Okay. Because I'm, I'm uh, opening the, uh, the Chaos uh, bag, and I am putting him in NWA. Ooh, Nick Aldis versus Andrade. That's, That's right. That's fun. <laughs> he shows up at NWA and immediately challenges for the 10 pounds of gold. Oof, 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 oof. <laughs> I do not hate that at all. I still like TJP versus him better, but I took that away from you, so I do not hate that at all. Well, I mean, like I say, in the end, um, especially in this era of cooperation, the partnership that NWA has currently shown with uh, with AEW and with Impact and all around there. Can yeah, you imagine? You have, have feuds all over the place. Yeah, he wins the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Nick Aldis, who, by the way, has held it since October 21st, 2018. <coughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. He's part of a of a faction that's that's as in terms of potency, reminds me a lot of the Main Event Mafia, and I know you weren't watching TNA back in those days, but Main Event Mafia was so freaking stacked that it didn't matter who was messing with it, and he is the Kurt Angle character in that faction, the indestructible leader of that faction, of just world champion after world champion after world champion, and that's kind of what, what his faction is very much like. All this so, is it. So keep in mind, Nick Aldis... He's had that belt now in his second reign for 884 days. And still his, break Bruno San Martino's record. And his first reign was 266 days. And in the middle there, there's only was one champion in the middle. You know who it was? I don't, off the top of my head. Mr. Cody Rhodes. Wow. Well, that makes sense. Who won it off him at all in and then lost it back to him at the NWA 70th anniversary show a uh, month later about month and a half later oh that Rose family <laughs> Some also you know Vacant uh, has held the championship like four times at NWA so. who has? Vacant Vacant uh, not as many times as not as many times as uh, Ric Flair did but still uh, anyway most decorated uh, champion. Just wish we could see a picture. <laughs> I wonder if he's related to John Cena. <laughs> John, <coughs> John Cena is the prequel for Vacant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a sidetrack where I'm looking at uh, championship runs at NWA. The Yeti is a prequel for uh, Giant Gonzalez. That's pretty legit right there. <laughs> No, but he, yeah, he came after him, so yeah, he would have been the written prequel. I think he's more of a sequel, though. I think Giant Gonzalez died, came back as a mummy that they call the Yeti, because apparently they don't know what a Yeti is. You can't tell me in 1990-whatever 
there weren't Chewbacca costumes that they couldn't paint white. Or even just forget about Chewbacca. I mean, oh, Chewbacca costumes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was, for sure. Or, like, whatever. If anything, there's probably Bigfoot costumes. Yeah. Shit. God, we gotta, we gotta make a giant white furry costume. Screw it. Use toilet paper. Oh, Botchalong, I miss you. We need to come back to you. So here, here's a fun uh, piece of trivia. Dan Severn was the NWA uh, World's Heavyweight Championship champion in uh, 1995. Do you know how long he held the belt? Until 1999. Indeed. Wow, really? I just guessed that. Somebody has One- Wikipedia. 1,479 days. Oh, legit. I just said that out of my ass. Look at me go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ironically, you know who also was an NWA champion that we saw? Because NWA was partners with CWA. And there was an independent artist by the name of Drew Onyx. Wrestler artist by the name of Drew Onyx. So I technically saw that NWA title change hands in Montreal. Oop. I thought you were going to tell us who Drew Onyx was. Luthez uh, was Blair. recognized as having the belt for 2,300 days. Does that, that might beat San Martino. Um, Mar- uh, that's actually part of what had me going back and looking. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, on this, it doesn't give me a total number of days for Bruno San Martino. Well, he didn't hold the NWA. He held the WWE, but still. Oh, he did hold the NWA. Just, that's not what he held it for a long time for. Yeah, Bruno was the one. Wasn't Bruno like three years or something? Seven years. Oh, wow. Dory Funk Jr. held the NWA for 1,563 days. They like their long-term booking, don't they? They sure like those long reigns. Although, um, there's a sprinkling of short reigns in there. For instance, uh, Dory Funk lost it to Harley Race, who had it for 57 days. Jack Briscoe beat Harley Race, had it for 500 days. Then Giant Baba had it for seven whole days and lost it back to Jack Briscoe, who then held it for a year. And then Terry Funk held it for a little over a year. Then Harley Race held it for three years. Then Dusty Rhodes held it for five days before losing it back to Harley Race. Damn. Anyways, so yeah, that's what I would do. NWA, 10 pounds of gold. Put that out around Andrade, and then he can go and uh, tour around the other ones. Show up in MLW, face off against whoever the title holder in MLW is, because I don't give a crap about MLW. Uh, go up against whoever currently holds the Impact World title, whether it's Rich Swan or Kenny Omega. To be perfect, in this case, I wanted to be Kenny Omega because that's a way more exciting match there go yeah. up against i don't i don't know who's the ring of honor world champion right now <laughs> roh world champion currently um, it is oh yeah we, we talked about this uh, a few months ago roosh roosh is still the world champion 388 days yay good job roosh <laughs> um so yeah then maybe he go, goes and faces off against uh, Kota Ibushi, who's the New Japan World Champion. That'd be a fun match. Yeah, fun match. Fun you know, it'd be fun if you give your special little booking. Yeah, it's almost like we have an FBI to do instead of talking about obscure championship <laughs> reigns. Yeah, which is why I was back to my, my fantasy booking of, of uh, JLB's thing. 
And I was continuing to talk about it, really, just buying time. <laughs> just trying to figure out what I'm going to do, okay? <laughs> well, I'm, I, to be perfectly honest, a lot of it is I'm just fighting the instinct. Because my instinct is, you know, to challenge you guys to make Raw not suck so much. Oh, Jesus. But, That's unbelievable. But I did that um, a week ago when I said, make me excited for Fastlane. And yeah, obviously, uh, WWE wasn't listening to this podcast last week because they did not do anything to make the fast lane exciting. Says the guy who was like, oh, there were good matches in this. Yeah, they didn't do anything to make me excited. For oh. That was the challenge. Make me excited. Was not excited. E- ED's tough on all of us, but you're okay. Speaking of which, Blue Chew. Whew, that's the stuff. <laughs> no? Still not sponsored. I mean, <laughs> you're the single guy, so you'd probably get more <laughs> use out of it than I would. Uh, I do love myself. What? <laughs> so, so I'm I'm trying to think what my challenge should be that is not you know WWE depressing. So then don't okay. do one on B. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. Got it. I got it. I got it. So they teased last week on Dynamite. Uh, face turn for Brian King. You know, he came out and he broke with Taz and, and uh, Ricky Starks, who'd been bad mouthing Sting and all of that stuff. And this week on uh, AEW Dark, they have him defending the FTW championship against someone. Not that that person has any chance of winning, you know, but they have. Uh, so, my challenge to you guys is Brian Cage turns face. How do you book it? Book good guy Brian. Yeah, you can have this one. <laughs> I hear the excitement in your voice. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, it's Brandon Cutler that goes up against Brian Cage for the uh, FTW chain. Hey, Brian Cutler's a great wrestler, though, okay? He's a good okay, wrestler. Well, Brian Cutler's great, but what about Brandon Cutler? Yeah, Brandon Cutler. Brian Cage, okay. Brandon Cutler. I'll give him that. Uh, um, Brandon Cutler is a good wrestler. I like him, but they're not going to have him beat Brian Cage for the FD. No, but they're also not really giving him... I mean, granted, yes, he's still on Dark and all that, but this guy is really good in the ring. Like, give this man a character. You know what I mean? Like, he... Let it, I want to see what he can do with it. He's phenomenal in the ring. I really like his in-ring work. So, I just feel like they're just going to keep him on Dark forever. So, we shall see with that. Um... Good Brian Cage. So I see. Do I make? I don't necessarily have to put him with anyone though, right? I can just feud him against. You can do whatever you like. You like. <clears throat> well, if we're gonna make him a good guy, I definitely want to see him do something against either like a Lance Archer or even going up against uh, Moxley. I, uh, th- theoretically, though, the first match you're going to see, if he's going to turn face, uh, he's definitely going to be facing, um, what's his name? The other guy in uh, Taz's group. Ricky Starks. Starks. Not Starks. The, uh, the black dude. Oh, Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs. Uh, that would be like a Haas match, if you will. That's probably what's going to start him off. It's not just going to break out of Taz's thing and then not do anything against them. But I could see Cage going, doing like a, something crazy with Moxley. Moxley's neither heel nor face. He's just psychotic. So um, 
Cage can work that in. Um, but in terms of how... I feel like he would still need a mouthpiece, though. Someone to talk for him. I feel like he's a bit almost like Lashley, where he's too soft-spoken and really not that interesting. Uh, he's a beast in the ring, though, which is I, great. I don't know. Lashley was pretty not soft-spoken on Raw this week. This <laughs> He did cut a decent promo, but I mean, then his backstage thing with uh, him getting mad at Shelton and um, why am I forgetting his name? Cedric. Him get uh, Cedric uh, was just kind of like, I don't know. He is on the Johnson now. <laughs> He's really angry. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly it only took him, what, eight years to develop a character in WWE? Like, um... At the end of the day, I don't know how he would fare if MVP wasn't there to swing the uh, swing the conversation to make it more interesting, though. You know, so that's the thing with Cage. Uh, he's just a bit too soft-spoken from the times that he has talked. It just he and I guess as a face, sure, but you still need to be someone interesting. You still need to have somewhat charisma. Taz, that's why Taz is so good at that. Taz is just straight to your face and he makes things interesting. He's been doing it for so long. Uh, but yeah, so maybe I would pair him. Maybe I would pair him with. They don't really have that many managers. Or they actually do. But not many good ones. Maybe he might join uh, the Rose family. But I mean. Yeah, just just what the Nightmare family needs is more people. <laughs> well, QT Marshall's leaving, so out out goes QT Marshall, and in comes uh, Brian Cage. It's a better, it's it's a good trade off. That is an upgrade. I'm not gonna lie there. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's all I'm going with. But guess what? Guess who still doesn't have one? Mr. D. A. Vincent K. Fabe over there. Oh, I don't right. have a family. Are you saying I don't have a family? Well, no. he knows something that you don't know yet. <laughs> Hold up, I gotta go check on my kid real quick. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> that, was, that was psychotic, man. What the hell? I meant a feud for Brian Cage to be Oh, I, I have one. I've had it the whole time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, Taz is obviously pissed off. I don't think that was hidden. Um, so, Taz immediately this week turns on Brian Cage and cause costs him the uh, FTR title knowing full well Taz is going to get it back by having Ricky Starks go after the FTR title but they turn on Brian Cage this week um, and after a few weeks of it it's not Sting that comes out and saves him because Sting has a baseball bat Sting's trying to get Darby to you know hey think about your career think about your career and Darby's like dude this is wrong, regardless. So Darby comes out and saves Brian Cage. And then Sting gets involved, but Sting's actually kind of a pusscake about it beforehand. So Darby gets Brian Cage's respect, and it just flows to Brian Cage kind of being the enforcer of that group. Brian Cage, future world champion, AEW champion, sorry. Um, and, you know, they can have a, a face versus face title match eventually. Both titles on the line between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Cage versus Darby? Jesus. <laughs> That's friends. They've done Brian Cage versus Darby. What are you Jesus-y? 
I don't remember this because I feel like, oh, yes, of course they have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for Darby. I know this guy likes to take such high risks and stuff, but eventually this dude's going to really hurt himself. And he's so young. Yeah, that's what we said about Jeff Hardy. Still kicking. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Now he's being fed to other wrestlers, though, which is really weird. Did anybody else feel weird last night when Jeff Hardy was like, and here's his jobber, Jeff Hardy. That's a former world champion. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was pretty. I guess now Jeff Hardy knows how the big show feels felt when he was in WWE. That's legit right there. Oh, it's the big slow. Like, I just, because, uh, you know, usually those matches are the, and here's his jobber matches. You you can tell based on how they do the introduction. They gave him, uh, and here's the jobber introduction. It was like. It, it's even worse uh, when they give him the jobber entry, a.k.a. just come back from commercial break and they're already in the, in the ring. They're already in the ring, yeah. He's not quite there yet because he still has pop. But by God, they're going to ruin it before he goes and joins his brother in AEW. Well, that's that I think is is the obvious thing there is they're worried that when his contract's up, he's going to go to AEW because they've seen how his brother has thrived in AEW. Uh, and so but he's like, not his brother. This is not his no, era. His era is over, unfortunately. He he is not an actor. And I don't I don't want to say that like his era is over, like he can't be good still. He's still a good wrestler. But this era, for you to thrive, you have to... We talked about it a little bit on WBU. You have to be able to act. And unfortunately, Matt or Jeff Hardy is a really entertaining wrestler. <laughs> well, and, you know... Uh, I mean, Jeff, but... Jeff Hardy's body is betraying him a bit. For sure. He's not able to do the sort of wrestling that he's done from time. So, no. To, you know... Uh, we we know that obviously the Hardys talk to uh, what and um, so WWE knows for a fact that uh, you know when Jeff has a chance to leave he's probably going to head to AEW with, with Matt and so they're like well let's do like we did with Matt and try to ruin him before he leaves because right. remember yeah, Matt work. Hardy had his air quotes neck broken on WWE right before. Yep. You know the interesting thing, and I and I have to give Jeff this. The last time Jeff played second fiddle to Matt was in in Impact, and he did second fiddle well at this stage of his career. He he doesn't. I don't think he's the he's the the main draw anymore. I I love him in matches. I think he could come in in a leadership role or a coaching role. Um, you know, the really cool part is Private Party has some high flyers amongst them. And with Matt already having that Private Party set up, that, I think there may be a role for, for Jeff there. I just don't think Jeff's a few. I think Jeff's a once world, uh, once main event champion. I don't think he's a future main event champion. Anymore. And that's the thing, so... I don't think Matt is either. No, but the thing is... It's ironic because Jeff Hardy is so eccentric and exciting in the ring and has all this charisma, but then when he gets a microphone, oh. it, he loses it. Like, bro, where's all that confidence and excitement and el electricity that you do in the ring that makes you so jumpy and whatever? 
But then when you talk, it's just like, hey. When you get Je- give Jeff Hardy a mic, and when he's the he's the focal point of any feud or anything like that, you get Immortal, which we all know how that turned out with Sting, and you get um, Willow, and I'm I'm good with neither happening again. When in he's fairness, fiddle, if, he's brother Nero, and that's fantastic. In fairness, he goes over to AEW. He's got all sorts of chance to be second fiddle or just jobber because they've got a thousand different uh, chances for jobbers on AEW Dark. Yeah. Well, and it, their treatment of a jobber is very different than WWE's treatment of a jobber. Yeah, very true. I just, I hated seeing him get an a, uh, a a jobber entrance. Oh, and here's here's Jeff Hardy. Like, you didn't even go, here's two-time WWE champion Jeff Hardy. Oh, damn you, it. What? They didn't even say that, huh? No. Oh, he has to take on a decent challenge tonight and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy can be unique in the ring. He has some unique offense. Well, it was unique 30 years ago. Yeah. Now, now we know if he takes two, if he runs towards the other turnbuckles and he takes two steps up the turnbuckles, it's probably going to be a whisper in the wind. <laughs> Stab in the dark. We had a conversation not too long ago about how every wrestler has five moods of doom, and Jeff Hardy has them. Yep. But he also yeah. had them 20 years ago. Well, so he's that... had them, all of them have had them, but it's gotten to the point now where it's not innovative anymore. It's same old. And we see Swanton Bombs by lots of people now. Mm-hmm. I mean, even John Cena had evolved, right? Uh, he, he included the STF for a long time. He didn't have the STF. And then he incorporated the STF into his uh, wrestling thing. He incorporated the stunner thing that he did. Uh, I think it was like a rope stunner or something as part of it. He at least evolved. Jeff has to at least have a or moves now like you know what i mean like that's you, also why you you really think the guy who's wearing the same pants he's worn since 2001 is gonna evolve in life no but in a wrestling ring sure <laughs> i i would contest that he has evolved in life and he doesn't drink anymore and so that's mad props to him for that but it's also oh, the reason he can then, feel the pain now I, um and I just, he needs to evolve in the ring Yes, I just I didn't mean I didn't mean his life specifically. I just mean someone who's wearing the same pants from 20 years ago probably hasn't evolved in life. And you got a problem it, with my fubus? <laughs> Smarks is still wearing Z Cavaricis for heaven's sakes. No, I had to retire the G- Z Cavaricis. I moved to Jenkos. Jenkos. <laughs> See, even Levi's the- button flies hanging out over here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting. First up, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are ye? I tried the uh, French toast cookies from from Girl Scouts tonight. I, that- I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I tried them. I keep being told how great they are, and I tried them. Doesn't sound like a glowing review. Uh, they don't taste like real Girl Scouts, that's for sure. I'm going to leave Little up open how Adam's you Adam's family joke. Scouts. Are they made from real Girl Scouts? No. Also joining us from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? 
it goes good, good sir. It goes good. Uh, terribly sorry about the delay. Uh, just got word that I failed my exam, so I'm not a happy camper. But you know, it is what it is. You fail. You should podcast about it. You little failure. <laughs> a little failure. You little failure. Just but, ask uh, them. Ask them if DDP liked one of their posts. Yeah, That's... seriously, go. Like, hey, hey, you gave me an F on this exam, but DDP liked a post of mine on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you don't got that, so I am not a failure. I am a passer. <laughs> I mean, you had to cheat off DDP to get DDP to like your post, but still counts. Still yeah. counts. No complaint there. <laughs> Just in case people are wondering, JLB does our Facebook, and he reposted DDP, and DDP liked it. Like, literally, that wasn't dirty, he liked it. Or, more specifically, whatever intern at DDP Enterprises handles their Facebook. Listen, maybe DDP is doing a DDP yoga, and he has his phone next to him, and he saw it, and while he was in his one of his DDP poses, he's like, you know what, I'm gonna like it. Because Ron over WBU definitely feels the bang. Yeah. In the middle of downward facing dog, he's just scrolling through. He's very flexible like that. You never know. Well, that, I mean, downward dog, it wouldn't be that hard to be flexible for it. Yeah. You just have to have the strength to, to pull one hand up and scroll. I mean, I guess you could do it with your nose. <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> Before we get into things, though, I'd like to remind everyone, Raw and Order is part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this podcast, and of course, liking and sharing and subscribing, you can head on over to tatnisco.com and check out the other podcasts on that network. Um, and then come back here and you know, listen to more of our stuff. I was I, I had an intentional tangent set up tonight, and I feel like DDP is gonna just uh, make that a lot easier, so I don't even have to ask my tangent question. So, <laughs> I'm sure we will go off on all sorts of tangents. Oh, we always do. Always I'm do. Sure, I'm sure there will, we will not be lacking for tangent. Um, if you are new to this particular episode of our show, the premise is very simple. We're going to challenge, take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We do not discuss them in advance, so all of our answers are made up on the spot because that's funnier that way. That's what we do. That's what it's we Generally just more chaotic. Yeah. Maybe not um, But... We'll go ahead and get into it with the first challenge. Um, before the show, uh, DFA volunteered to go first. So, DFA, what you got for us? Well, for our our wonderful fans, i.e., the jury that listened on um, to our most recent podcast prior to this, it was a WBU uh, covering Fastlane. Um, and during said Fastlane uh, review, we we introduced a character as an actual origin story for a character we've seen a while back, and we said the fiend is actually just the origin story for Kane. Mm. Oh, I love that we're on video right now. I see the look on your face just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to do an origin story, aren't I? And the answer is yes. You're going to have to do an origin story. You're going to have to use a current wrestler based on their existing storylines as an origin story for a previous wrestler based on the storylines they actually had. And if you have multiple, that's fine. You know, I... um, so if you need me to, to ramble while you're trying to figure it out, I can ramble. I can talk about uh, Gomez 
Gomez Adams and Herman Munster and who would win in a fight there. I mean, I, I can well, spend hours I, on that. I'm, I'm mostly just trying to decide if I want to just be lazy and say... Um, the Fiend uh, and Kane. <laughs> well, no, and say The Big oh. Show is just the origin story for the giant. Yeah, you can't be that lame potato, though. That's yeah, like something that's... I would do, and I wouldn't even do this. I can't Wait, The be... Big Show that was the origin like story for the, for the Big Show's old character, the giant? No, for Andre the Giant. Oh. Well, fortunately, the Big Show is no longer the Big Show. He's Paul Wright. I I hate to be pedantic, but it's Paul White with R in it. Yeah, well. Um, but, okay. but my point is, his character as the Big Show, not necessarily his announcer character now, but his character as the Big Show, was just the origin story for him going back in time and being the most dominant big guy in professional wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's weak. I, I want better. I want... I'm sure you do. I want something as obscure as The Fiend to Kane only because of fire control. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's what you... Yeah. I'm just not sure you're going to get that. I'm <laughs> thinking about something else. Um... <clears throat> and it has to be an origin story of a wrestler previously. Yes. An existing wrestler storyline is the origin story of a... It, it's a prequel. The existing wrestler is a prequel. Um, Evan Bourne's existing storyline is CM Punk's prequel. If you want to build it, that's fine. I don't think it works, but it's fine. Or okay. what? Matt Seidel's origin story is the prequel to Evan Bourne. I got it. Yes. <laughs> Again, that doesn't work because <laughs> he's actually the same guy. Hmm. Um. Excuse me while I turn so that everyone can do full logo. <laughs> hey, I I feel like hashtag still not sponsored. Um, but you're gonna go ahead and advertise for Motorola there on your shirt. Yeah. Gee. Uh, they said it for me for free. Oh. Hey, that's theoretically. I mean, they're getting great promos. Great their part. Yeah. Yeah. And and they paid us for it with you having clothing. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> well, we did threaten to do the first video one of these. Um, never mind. <laughs> In fairness, we're making all these jokes about video, but there's a chance that this video doesn't get posted at all because yeah. So so far, of just the three participants. So far, as as the three participants, uh, only one of us has the camera on right now. So that's not exactly the most entertaining brawl. Unless Listen, people just want to look at my beautiful mug. Or your Motorola G. Whoa, that's getting a little personal. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I want to be creative. Um, so I was going to say... Nope, nope, got nothing yet. I want to. I want it to be a good one, so I'll shut up so you can properly edit it afterwards. Ooh, I think I got it. I think I have it. Go for Fandango it. Fandango is the prequel to Disco Inferno. Oh my god, okay. Okay, now give us how that they're connected. <laughs> he starts off as a ballroom dancer um, and has some success as a tag team, but nothing like super huge. Um, and then eventually he discovers Disco. <laughs> disco changes his life. <laughs> then he falls through a time pool and comes out in 1992. Um, but Disco's changed his life. So he goes back into wrestling to try to spread the word of Disco. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> nope, it's, it's not good. a long challenge. It's just a tough challenge. 
Do you have a woman? Do I have a woman? <laughs> That's yes, obviously I know she's not a possession. I was actually referring to... Uh... Do I have a choice for a woman to do a yeah. second person as a, as a women's challenge? I do not at the moment, but I will start to think about one. Okay, that's fair. All right, so... That's mean. All right, so... I'm going to be lame because I don't know. I got nothing. I'm not creative. But Hangman Page is the prequel to Bradshaw. I don't like that one. Because Bradshaw was technically a cowboy first, so he still was playing that around. But Hangman Page was a full-on, full-on with the cowboy gear when he was younger. Realized, you know, I'm going to get in here and WWE and see what happens. No one liked him. And then he decided to make his own agency up because he's going to face his bullies now for those that said that his cowboy gimmick was lame potatoes. And that's your whole story, folks. See, and once you said Hangman Page, I was like, I have I have the idea for Hangman Page. And okay. it's a totally different idea. Hangman Page is the prequel for Billy Gunn. <laughs> Both are good. Starts off as a cowboy does his career as a cowboy and then goes back in time and is a cowboy for a while but eventually becomes an ass man. (laughs) That one has the added advantage of a little bit of paradox because eventually Hangman Billy Gunn becomes co-workers to his (laughs) prior self, Hangman Page. So he's got to hide his knowledge that he is him. from himself. Ooh, I like it. But we've seen them in the ring together. Yeah, because I one's think... the, the older version, <laughs> the time-displaced version. It's like yeah. when Captain America went back in time at the end of Endgame. Uh, spoiler alert for Endgame. Um, if you haven't <laughs> seen cool. Endgame, it's been like two and a half years. Wake up. Yeah. Um, but he, he goes back in time and then he lives his entire life um, while he's still frozen in. I'm deeply enjoying watching Smarks make part of his torso disappear because he talks to the fans. <laughs> you just got a lot thinner. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> if only it was that easy now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway. I just lost 120 pounds. Because it's not a long segment, I, the the male version of what I was going to give was Brian Cage is the prequel to Scott Steiner. It's big and bulky, but it's but it's Big Papa Pump. Because really, he just goes back and he beats the crap out of the real Scott Steiner and comes back with a different hairdo and says, Ha! If you hear me! And has a dispute with Ernest the Cat Miller that is his best feud of all time. <laughs> and does that horribly. Uh, that feud was fantastic because Ernest the Cat Miller said things like "Big Papa Dump." <laughs> yeah, I know. I can see Smarks being like, "There's better feuds than that." That's I, fine. I, you no, can think that. I, I I'm actually still thinking about your challenge because I because I'm trying to figure out if there's another one I can get to work. Oh, I mean, you could you could do Mickey James as the prequel to Alendra Blaze. See the thing is, I'm I'm working backwards. I have the person that I want to be the sequel. I'm just trying to figure out who would be the prequel to them. You got nothing. Just a, a, a there's there's a 
A lot of these gears are turning trying to figure out what, what's going to work best for the prequel. It's a good one to throw to the jury. Um, So, I think Ricky Starks works. Okay. Ricky Starks, although he's really skinny, uh, but Ricky Starks is the prequel to Buff the Stuff Bagley. <laughs> well, Marcus Alexander Bagwell was really skinny and then suddenly wasn't. But there's no steroids in pro wrestling. Not at all, no. Not zero. Zero steroids in pro wrestling. Never has been. No. Oh, no. There 100% has been. That's documented in court. It just, it ended right then. Everything after then had zero steroid. So I, I think I enjoy this challenge enough that I want to give away a t-shirt of their choosing from the Raw and Order spreadshirt, uh, spreadshirt.com slash backslash raw and order WBU to our fans. What's that? I said Lincoln bio. Lincoln the doobly-doos. Yep. Um, And so this t-shirt is going to be of your choosing from our Spreadshirt store. Free of charge. We'll ship it and everything um, to the best raw and order WBU voted on by us three. So the best um, prequel. Give us something of a current wrestler and choose any time in history. If you want to do Moolah, you can do Moolah. If you want to do China, you can do China. If you want to do Cena, you can do Cena. If you want to do... You can't do Drew and Drew, obviously. Those are that... Well, I mean, you're just not going to win if you do something that lame. So, um, you can't do Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley. Um, it has to be a reasonable storyline. And then justify it if you want a better chance of winning. So, hashtag Raw and Order WBU will be the hashtag and we'll watch it for how long what do you guys think two weeks three weeks sure three weeks okay post it on twitter hashtag draw and order wbu um, tell your friends tag us in it that makes it even easier hashtag raw and order wbu and in three weeks we will announce the winner yeah sounds Some, good i mean I'm a- play. i mean a, a good prequel it will name drop you on the show or at least your twitter handle so so he, he, here, is Bobby Lashley the prequel to Ahmed Johnson? I was going to say that. That's pretty solid. Except for Bobby Lashley's better than Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, he, he, gets, he got mad at his old age. Yeah, he got mad at his old age. That's what I was going to say, too. I'm like, ah, <laughs> he got really, really angry. He went from soft-spoken to absolutely hating the world. Ugh. He was pretty pissed off last night. Did, was it just me, or did, did Raw get progressively worse as the night went on last night? Uh-huh. I, I must be honest. I spent a whole lot of time staring at my phone during Raw last night. <laughs> the, uh, I, I will give the first 20 minutes. It was a solid set. Like, that match was good, and it was tough to stay awake, and, and I dozed off several times. What and was then, that? What's that? What was their first match? Oh, it was... Um... Ashley and Sheamus. Oh, yeah, no, that was fun. Right off the bat, that was fire, dude. Yeah. And I, it's been a long time since we had a super face, a face who would come out and help the guy who beat the crap or who's disputing with him. So good job to Drew on that. So it's been a long time since we had that guy, and that's kind of fun. But Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, Raw, honestly, I totally agree. It's kind of lame, lames, lamesy. Uh, a lot of predictability, you know. Obviously, we knew that the Miz and uh, Bad Bunny were going to have a match at Mania. I didn't realize the most shocking thing was the fact that Bad Bunny was out of breath after he hit him with a chair. Like, really, like 
I'm like, bro, did you just randomly like go on the treadmill for 30 minutes? And what's going on here? Like, you just hit the guy with the chair and then went up the ramp and you couldn't breathe. It's a steep ramp. Mm-hmm. Those are big steps. Oh, big steps. He's okay. a little guy. Little guy, big steps. All right. Bad Bunny that. is the prequel to John Cena. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> English. He rapped. Oh, well, he still raps technically, but he does his. Uh... Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. <laughs> Got really muscular and white for some reason. The the Miz is the prequel to John Cena. Ugh. And then he beats himself late earlier in his life. Mm-hmm. He beats old him. Yeah, that's that's where it gets to be tricks. John Hennigan is the prequel to Kofi. Think about Royal Rumbles. Don't don't look at race here. Just think about Royal Rumbles. No, still nothing. <laughs> okay. Although I I could say John Hennigan is the prequel to Chris Canyon. The long hair, stringy hair, innovative yeah. offense. Innovative offense. And as you know, he got as he got older, he couldn't do that type of innovative offense, so it got different in the innovative offense. Yeah. I'll give it to you. And who better than Canyon? Nobody better than Canyon. Or Wrath was the prequel to Drew. Who was? Wrath. I think his name was Wrath, if I'm not mistaken. Or Drew was the prequel to Wrath. That works. Uh, Because it's a current wrestler is the prequel. Fair enough. So Drew is the prequel to to Wrath. I like Wrath. Yeah. Brian Adams. Good old Brian Adams. Adam Bomb. Mm Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him. He just, I don't know. It was just weird. He never really got anywhere. Look at all the fun stuff you guys can do, fans. To to the jury out there, look at all the fun stuff you can do. Again, Mar- hashtag Mar- Raw and Order WBU. Win yourself a t-shirt. Marty Skrull is the prequel to Marty Jannetty. I'm thinking more about creepy. Literally the connection of- just being Marty. Well, no, I'm thinking more about creepy outside of wrestling things. <laughs> <laughs> Sami Zayn is the prequel to El Generico. Yeah, you shut your mouth. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> they existed at the same time. Sami Zayn just stole a bunch of moves from El Generico and never credited him, thank you very much. I know. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> Shelton Benjamin is the prequel to Titus O'Neil, except for Shelton's career started before Titus's and is continuing well after. And there's about, I don't know, eight inches of height difference there, yeah. too. Yeah, we'll kind of overlook that. Was that the fun there? Overlook it? Huh? <laughs> 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 Calm down, Peter Griffin. <laughs> no, Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. <laughs> All right, so I got one, and I just like to keep things current from all the news that we are hearing so we are going with okay we know that uh now his name escapes me for some reason uh we know that andrade has officially been released from the wwe so i would like you guys to book his first feud in whatever federation you want him to go to it's tough because i'm torn like, I want him in AEW because I think he's awesome and I think given the shot, uh, I would like to see him on my TV there. However, I don't necessarily think if AEW is actually the best place for him to go. There is part of me that thinks he'd be better off heading back down to AAA 
and uh, that becomes tough because I don't know enough of the AAA wrestlers to really book. Well, for him, that's definitely the case that it would be best because he can go record three weeks or four weeks and then take several weeks off. Like he can go down there for two weeks and that uh, equates to two months worth of television time. But on top of it, I mean, that's where he made his name. He established his whole career down there as La Sombra. Uh, you know, he, he'd go down there and he'd come in as a returning hero, uh, even though I think he was a villain, but that's beside the point. Or they call it down there, Arudo. Um, I just don't know. Well, while you decide between those two, I'll take the third option. I'll say he's going to Impact. I think he is a... I think he's a viable option to be a triple champion, much like Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe both were. Um, I think he can be both the X Division and the world champion, and you can throw him in a feud with a tag partner to put both tag titles on him, and it would be the third person to have won, held all three Impact titles at the same time, or at that time it was TNA titles at the same time. So I, I would actually send him to Impact to do what's only been done twice. But who is your feud? Well, I think the first feud obviously has to be Rich Swan after, well, I guess Kenny Omega after Kenny Omega beats Rich Swan for their title. Well, keep in mind there's no 90-day clause, so technically Andrade can just come in anytime he wants and beat Rich Swan. And then we have Andrade versus Kenny Omega. I don't know. I mean, they're both. That might be. A I think. Match. I think you have him. I think you have him get the X division title first. I think what he does is wins the X division title, cashes in his title shot at the end of the year, um, on Bound for Glory because he can. You can cash in your X division. Is that right? Is it Bound for Glory, Smarks? Uh, I think so. I think that Bound for Glory. <laughs> For his well, title shot. The the thing is, the reason you kind of have to go that way is in the hierarchy and impact. It's really tough to justify, hey, I'm I was the world title and now I'm going after the X yeah. division. You know what I mean? And, uh, and and because the feud already exists from the X division, he can be like, well, I didn't lose that. I just used that. You know, which yeah. is you know. Maybe rhymes a little bit better with a with a Latino accent. I didn't lose it. I just used it. I don't know. <laughs> Fair. So, uh, who is the current X Division champion? That's who I would have a feud against. Is it still TJP? Yep, it is. You're right. Yeah, I believe so. So you go. Andrade versus TJP. That would be fun. Oh my God, that would be so much fun. Yeah, that would be. Down for glory is until the end of the year, so you could have them work that out, probably all the way through the summer. Um, ending in an ultimate X and head towards Bound for Glory. <coughs> yeah, that would be a good time. That would be an excellent match. Now, did you decide yet, Smurks? I think I did, and it's going to throw everyone for a loop. Okay. Because I'm, I'm uh, opening the, uh, the chaos uh, bag, and I am putting him in NWA. Ooh, Nick Aldis versus Andrade. That's, That's right. That's fun. He shows up at NWA and immediately challenges for the 10 pounds of gold. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. <laughs> I do not hate that at all. I still like TJP versus him better, but I took that away from you, so I do not hate that at all. Well, I mean, like I say, in the end, um, especially in this era of cooperation, 
the partnership that NWA is currently shown with uh, with AEW and with Impact and all around there. Can you you imagine? have, Have feuds all over the place. Yeah, he wins the. NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Nick Aldis, who, by the way, has held it since October 21st, 2018. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's part of a of a faction that's, that's as in terms of potency, reminds me a lot of the Main Event Mafia. And I know you weren't watching TNA back in those days, but Main Event Mafia was so freaking stacked that it didn't matter who was messing with it and he is the Kurt Angle character in that faction the indestructible leader of that faction of just world champion after world champion after world champion and that's kind of what what his faction is very much like all this so, is so keep in mind Nick Aldis he's had that belt now in his second reign for 884 days and still break Bruno San Martino's record and his first reign was 266 days. And in the middle there, there's only was one champion in the middle. You know who it was? I don't, off the top of my head. Mr. Cody Rhodes. Wow. Well, that makes sense. Who won it off him at All In and then lost it back to him at the <laughs> NWA 70th anniversary show a uh, month later about, month and a half later. Oh, that Rhodes family. <laughs> Some also, you know, Vacant his... uh, has held the championship like four times at NWA. So. Who has? Vacant. Vacant. Uh, not as many times as not as many times as uh, Ric Flair did, but still. Uh, anyway, vacant. most decorated uh-huh. champion. Just wish we could see a picture. <laughs> I wonder if he's related to John Cena. <laughs> John Cena is the prequel for Vacant. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a sidetrack where I'm looking at uh, championship runs in NWA. The Yete is a prequel for uh, Giant Gonzalez. That's pretty legit right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, yeah, he came after him, so yeah, he would have been the written prequel. I think he's more of a sequel, though. I think Giant Gonzalez died, he came back as a mummy that they call the Yete, because apparently they don't know what a Yete is. <laughs> You can't tell me in 1990-whatever, there weren't Chewbacca costumes that they couldn't paint white. Or even just forget about Chewbacca. I mean, oh, Chewbacca costumes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was, for sure. Or, like, whatever. If anything, there's probably Bigfoot costumes. Yeah. Shit. God, we gotta gotta make a giant white furry costume. Screw it. Use toilet paper. Oh, Botchalong, I miss you. We need to come back to you. So here, here's a fun uh, piece of trivia. Dan Severn was the NWA uh, World's Heavyweight Championship champion in uh, 1995. Do you know how long he held the belt? Until 1999. Indeed. Wow, really? I just guessed that. Somebody has One- Wikipedia. 1,479 days. Oh, legit. I just said that out of my ass. Look at me go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ironically, you know who also was an NWA champion that we saw? Because NWA was partners with CWA. And there was an independent artist by the name of Drew Onyx. Wrestler artist by the name of Drew Onyx. So I technically saw the NWA title change hands in Montreal. Whoop. I thought you were going to tell us who Drew Onyx was. Luthez. Uh, 
was but, recognized as having the belt for 2,300 days. Does that that might beat San Martino? Um, Martino. Uh, that's actually part of what had me going back and looking. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, on this, it doesn't give me a total number of days for Bruno San Martino. Well, he didn't hold the NWA; he held the WWE. But still. oh, he did hold the NWA. Just that's not what he held it for a long time for. Yeah, Bruno was the one. That- wasn't Bruno like three years or something? Seven years. Oh, wow. Dory Funk Jr. held the NWA for 1,563 days. They like their long-term booking, don't they? They sure like those long reigns. Although, um, they, there's a sprinkling of short reigns in there. For instance, uh, Dory Funk lost it to Harley Race, who had it for 57 days. Jack Briscoe beat Harley Race, had it for 500 days. Then Giant Baba had it for seven whole days and lost it back to Jack Briscoe, who then held it for a year. And then Terry Funk held it for a little over a year. Then Harley Race held it for three years. Then Dusty Rhodes held it for five days before losing it back to Harley Race. Damn. Anyways, so yeah, that's what I would do. NWA, 10 pounds of gold put that out around Andrade and then he can go and uh, tour around the other ones, show up in MLW, face off against whoever the title holder in MLW is because I don't give a crap about MLW uh, go up against whoever currently holds the Impact World title, whether it's Rich Swan or Kenny Omega, to be perfect in this case I wanted to be Kenny Omega because that's a way more exciting match there go yeah. up against I don't I don't know who's the ring of honor world champion right now R O H world champion currently it is oh yeah we, we talked about this uh, a few months ago Roosh Roosh is still the world champion 388 days yay good job Roosh <laughs> um so yeah then maybe he go, goes and faces off against uh, Kota Ibushi, who's the New Japan World Champion. That'd be a fun match. Yeah, fun match. Fun you know it'd be fun? You give your special little booking. Yeah, it's almost like we have an FBI to do instead of talking about obscure championship reigns. <laughs> yeah, which is why I was back to my, my fantasy booking of, of uh, JLB's thing. And I was continuing to talk about it, really, just buying time. <laughs> just trying to figure out what I'm going to do, okay? <laughs> well, I'm, I, to be perfectly honest, a lot of it is I'm just fighting the instinct. Because my instinct is, you know, to challenge you guys to make Raw not suck so much. Oh, Jesus, but, that's unbelievable. But I did that um, a week ago when I said, make me excited for Fastlane. And obviously, uh, WWE wasn't listening to this podcast last week because they did not do anything to make the Fastlane exciting. Says the guy who was like, oh, there were good matches in this. Yeah, they didn't do anything to make me excited. Oh. That was the challenge. Make me excited. Was not excited. Edie's tough on all of us, but you're okay. Speaking of which, Blue Chew. That's the stuff. (laughs) No? Still not sponsored. I mean, you're the single guy, so you'd probably get more <laughs> use out of it than I would. Uh, I do love myself. What? <laughs> so, so I'm I'm trying to think what my challenge should be that is not you know WWE depressing. So then don't okay. do one on WWE. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. 
got it, I got it, I got it. So, they teased last week on Dynamite, a uh, face turn for Brian King. You know, he came out and he broke with Taz and, and uh, Ricky Starks, who'd been bad-mouthing Sting and all of that stuff. And this week on uh, AEW Dark, they have him defending the FTW championship against someone. Not that that person has any chance of winning, you know, but they have. Uh, so my challenge to you guys is Brian Cage turns face. How do you book it? Book good guy, Brian. Yeah, you can have this one. <laughs> I hear the excitement in your voice. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, it's Brandon Cutler that goes up against Brian Cage for the uh, FTW chain. Hey, Brian Cutler's a great wrestler, though, okay? He's a good okay, wrestler. Well, Brian Cutler's great, but what about Brandon Cutler? Yeah, Brandon Cutler. Brian Cage, Brandon Cutler. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh, um, Brandon Cutler is a good wrestler. I like him, but they're not going to have him beat Brian Cage for the FTW. No, but they're also not really giving him... I mean, granted, yes, he's still on Dark and all that, but this guy is really good in the ring. Like, give this man a character. You know what I mean? Like, he let it... I want to see what he can do with it. He's phenomenal in the ring. I really like his in-ring work. So, I just feel like they're just going to keep him on Dark forever. So, we shall see with that. Um, Good Brian Cage. So, I see... Do I make... I don't necessarily have to put him with anyone though, right? I can just feud him against... You can do whatever you like, you like. <clears throat> well, if we're going to make him a good guy, I definitely want to see him do something against either like a Lance Archer or even going up against uh, Moxley. I, uh, th theoretically though, the first match you're going to see if he's going to turn face... Uh, he's definitely going to be facing, um, what's his name? The other guy in, uh, Taz's group. Ricky Starks. Starks? Not Starks. The, uh, the black dude. Oh, Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs. Uh, that would be like a Haas match, if you will. That's probably what's going to start him off. It's not just going to break out of Taz's thing and then not do anything against them. But I could see Cage going, doing like a, something crazy with Moxley. Moxley's neither heel nor face. He's just psychotic. So um, Cage can work that in. Um, but in terms of how... I feel like he would still need a mouthpiece, though. Someone to talk for him. I feel like he's a bit almost like Lashley, where he's too soft-spoken. And really not that interesting. Uh, he's a beast in the ring, though, which is I, great. I don't know. Lashley was pretty not soft-spoken on Raw this week. This yeah, he, cut, he did cut a decent promo, but, I mean, then his backstage thing with uh, him getting mad at Shelton and... Um, why am I forgetting his name? Cedric. Him get, uh, Cedric uh, was just kind of like... I don't know. He is on the Johnson now. <laughs> he's really angry um yeah i mean certainly it only took him what eight years to develop a character in wwe like um at the end of the day i don't know how he would fare if mvp wasn't there to swing the uh swing the conversation to make it more interesting though you know so that's the thing with cage uh he's just a bit too soft-spoken from the times that he has talked, 
It just he and I guess as a face, sure, but you still need to be someone interesting. You still need to have somewhat charisma. Taz, that's why Taz is so good at that. Taz is just straight to your face and he makes things interesting. He's been doing it for so long. Um but yeah, so maybe I would pair him maybe I would pair him with they don't really have that many managers. Or they actually do, but not many good ones. Maybe he might join uh, the Rose family, but I mean, yeah, just just what the Nightmare family needs is more people. <laughs> well, QT Marshall's leaving, so out out goes QT Marshall, and in comes uh, Brian Cage. It's a better, it's it's a good trade off. That is an upgrade. I'm not gonna lie there. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's all I'm going with. But guess what? Guess who still doesn't have one, Mr. D. A. Vincent K. Fabe over there. Oh, I don't have a family. Are you saying I don't have a family? Well, no. he knows something that you don't know yet. <laughs> Hold up, I gotta go check on my kid real quick. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> that was just psychotic, man. What the hell? I meant a feud for Brian Cage to be. Oh, I, I have one. I've had it the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, Taz is obviously pissed off. I don't think that was hidden. Um, so, Taz immediately, this week, turns on Brian Cage and cause costs him the uh, FTR title. Knowing full well Taz is going to get it back by having Ricky Starks go after the FTR title. But they turn on Brian Cage this week. Um, and after a few weeks of it, it's not Sting that comes out and saves him because Sting has a baseball bat. Sting's trying to get Darby to, you know, hey, think about your career, think about your career. And Darby's like, dude, this is wrong regardless. So Darby comes out and saves Brian Cage. And then Sting gets involved, but Sting's actually kind of a pusscake about it beforehand. So Darby gets Brian Cage's respect, and it just flows to Brian Cage kind of being the enforcer of that group. Brian Cage, future world champion, AEW champion, sorry. Um, and, you know, they can have a, a face versus face title match eventually. Both titles on the line between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Cage versus Darby? Jesus. As friends, they've done Brian Cage versus Darby. What are you, Jesusy? I don't remember this because I feel like, oh yes, of course they have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for Darby. I know this guy likes to take such high risks and stuff, but eventually this dude's gonna really hurt himself, and he's so young. Yeah, that's what we said about Jeff Hardy. Still kicking. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Now he's being fed to other wrestlers, though, which is really weird. Did anybody else feel weird last night when Jeff Hardy was like, and here's his jobber, Jeff Hardy. That's a former world champion. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was pretty. I guess now Jeff Hardy knows how the Big Show feels felt when he was in WWE. That's legit right there. Uh, it's the Big Slow. Oh. Like, I just, because, uh, you know, usually those matches are, the and here's his jobber matches. You you can tell based on how they do the introduction. They gave him, uh, and here's the jobber introduction. It was like. It, it's even worse uh, when they give him the jobber entrance, a.k.a. just come back from commercial break and they're already in the, in the ring. They're already in the ring, yeah. He's not quite there yet because he still has pop. But by God, they're going to ruin it before he goes and joins his brother in AEW. 
Well, that's that I think is is the obvious thing there is they're worried that when his contract's up, he's going to go to AEW because they've seen how his brother has thrived in AEW. Uh, and so but he's like, not his brother. This is not his oh, era. His not, era is over, unfortunately. He he is not an actor. And I don't I don't want to say that like his era is over. Like he can't be good still. He's still a good wrestler. But this era, for you to thrive, you have to. We talked about it a little bit on WBU. You have to be able to act. And unfortunately, Matt or Jeff Hardy is a really entertaining wrestler. <laughs> Well, and you know, uh, I mean, Jeff, but Jeff Hardy's body is betraying him a bit. For sure, he's not able to do the sort of wrestling that he's done from time. So, no. to, you know, uh, we we know that obviously the Hardys talk to uh, what, and um, so WWE knows for a fact that uh, you know when. Jeff has a chance to leave. He's probably going to head to AEW with, with Matt. And so they're like, well, let's do like we did with Matt and try to ruin him before he leaves. Because right. remember, Matt work. Hardy had his air quotes neck broken on WWE right before. Yep. You know, the interesting thing, and I, and I have to give Jeff this, the last time Jeff played second fiddle to Matt was in, in Impact. And he did second fiddle well at this stage of his career. He he doesn't. I don't think he's the he's the the main draw anymore. I I love him in matches. I think he could come in in a leadership role or a coaching role. Um, you know, the really cool part is Private Party has some high flyers amongst them, and with Matt already having that Private Party setup, that I think there may be a role for for Jeff there. I just don't think Jeff's a few. I think Jeff's a once world, uh, once main event champion. I don't think he's a future main event champion. Anymore. And that's the thing. So I don't think Matt is either. No, but the thing is, it's ironic because Jeff Hardy is so eccentric and exciting in the ring and has all this charisma. But then when he gets a microphone, <laughs> it, he loses it. Like, Bro, where's all that confidence and excitement and electricity that you do in the ring that makes you so jumpy and whatever? But then when you talk, it's just like, hey. When you get Je- give Jeff Hardy a mic and when he's the he's the focal point of any feud or anything like that, you get immortal, which we all know how that turned out with Sting, and you get um, Willow, and I'm I'm good with neither happening again. When in he's fairness, fiddle, if, he's brother Nero, and that's fantastic. In fairness, he goes over to AEW. He's got all sorts of chance to be second fiddle or just jobber because they've got a thousand different uh, chances for jobbers on AEW Dark. Yeah. Well, and it, their treatment of a jobber is very different than WWE's treatment of a jobber. Yeah, very true. I just, I hated seeing him get an a, uh, a a jobber entrance. Oh, and here's here's Jeff Hardy. Like you didn't even go. Here's two-time WWE champion Jeff Hardy. Oh damn you it! Know? What? They didn't even say that, huh? No. Oh, he has to take on a decent challenge tonight, and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy can be unique in the ring. He has some unique offense. Well, it was unique 30 years ago. Yeah. Now, now we know if he takes two, if he runs towards the other turnbuckles and he takes two steps up the turnbuckles, it's probably going to be a whisper in the wind, <laughs> stab in the dark, 
We had a conversation not too long ago about how every wrestler has five moods of doom. And Jeff Hardy has them. Yep. But he yeah. also had them 20 years ago. Well, so he's that... had them. All of them have had them. But it's gotten to the point now where it's not innovative anymore. It's same old. And we see Swanton bombs by lots of people now. Mm-hmm. I mean, even John Cena had evolved, right? Uh, he, he included the STF for a long time. He didn't have the STF. And then he incorporated the STF into his uh, wrestling thing. He incorporated the stunner thing that he did. Uh, I think it was like a rope stunner or something as part of it. He at least evolved. Jeff has to at least have a moves now like you know what i mean like that's you, also why you you really think the guy who's wearing the same pants he's worn since 2001 is gonna evolve in life no but in a wrestling ring sure <laughs> i i would contest that he has evolved in life and he doesn't drink anymore and so that's mad props to him for that but it's also oh, the reason he can then, feel the pain now I, um, and I just, he needs to evolve in the ring Yes, I just I didn't mean I didn't mean his life specifically. I just mean someone who's wearing the same pants from twenty years ago probably hasn't evolved in life. And Got a problem it, with my fubus? <laughs> Smarks is still wearing Z Cavaricis for heaven's sakes. No, I had to retire the G- Z Cavaricis. I moved to Jenkos. Jenkos. <laughs> See, even Levi's button flies hanging out over here. <laughs> <laughs>